We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, one more time, I'm going back to the Florida Parental Rights in Education Bill. I'm going to read that title again because that title is important. The Florida Parental Rights in Education Bill. I want to go back to that one more time share with you what I wrote about it in this last week's Washington Times and tie a bow around this argument. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks so much for listening into the show. Really appreciate it. Grateful for the loyalty of all of you who do. I'm very thankful for all of you who choose to listen not only on radio at KOKL but also listen to it again on a podcast and then copy links to your favorite episodes and paste them out there in your social media. Thank you for doing that. The Rebellion is growing because you're doing so, and I'm very, very grateful. Keep doing it. Keep posting The Rebellion out there in Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gitter, Gab, whatever you use, all of the above. Please do that. And when you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star ranking so we can continue to bump up the algorithms and gain more traction and gain more followers to the rebellion. I'm thankful. Today's show is one more time. I want to go back one more time on this parental rights and education bill in Florida because the media's reaction to it and the progressive response to this bill is predictable, but if they succeed, it's also frightening because what they're saying is that, what they, meaning the media, the left, the progressives, in their opposition to the parental rights bill, parental rights and education bill in Florida, what they're really saying is that parents shouldn't have any rights in education. Okay, that's what they're saying. In fact, I'm going to read to you a response to my article from the Washington Times where the guy actually comes out and says that. He doesn't even cover it up unequivocally. He says parents should have no rights in education. In anything, the parents have no rights in education And you know why he says it? This is his quote. Because our schools are government schools. Now that statement in and of itself, as stupid as it is, as ill-informed as it is, is an idea. That statement is an idea. It represents an idea that is pervasive in our culture right now. This guy saying that is not standing alone. The fact that many, maybe even some listening to this show, might say, well... That's true. They are government schools, and therefore the parents should stay out of them. I'll say that one more time. They're government schools, so the parents don't have any rights in them, right? I mean, we hire experts, teachers, administrators, superintendents, people that really understand how to teach our kids, how to raise our kids better than we do, better than parents do. So when we send them to those government schools, the parents the parents should just stay out of it. Leave the experts alone. There are a lot of folks that are saying that right now. 
And as an educator, as a guy who made my entire livelihood in the ivory tower, in education, I'd like to respond to this claim. Um, Hopefully from the basis of some expertise myself. I mean, this has been my career. I'm not claiming that I'm right in all of my critique or all of my uh, educational philosophy, all of my educational priorities, but I did make a career out of this. And I do have a couple degrees in it. And therefore, I think I have the right to be at the table. And I think I have the responsibility to call out my own. As you all listening have the responsibility to call out those within your circle of influence, if you have some level of experience and expertise within that circle, if you know that something is being done wrong in the area of construction, for example, and you are a contractor, I think you have the obligation to call out your peers and say, no, you're compromising the integrity of these buildings. I know you are. You know you are. We should not do this. If you're a pastor and you see your peer group is compromising the authority of Scripture, they're compromising the doctrines and the dogmas of the faith, they're compromising biblical instruction. If you see your peers are doing that, I think you as a pastor have the obligation to call out your own. It's your profession. You should be guarding it. You should be protecting it. You should be improving it, not just be silent and stand on the sidelines when it's being degraded and destroyed and ruined. I could go through every profession of everyone listening right now. You have the obligation in your area of influence, when you know something about something, to guard it, protect it. And when you see other people changing it, dumbing it down, and making it less than it should be, then I think you're responsible for saying so. And part of the problem is we don't. So I'm going to call out my own again today. Education, I'm going to call it out again today. I'm going to use the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill as the pretext, the platform for doing so. And I'm going to go through my Washington Times column that just was published yesterday in the Washington Times. This broadcast is on Monday. My column always comes out you know, usually Saturday, but uh, excuse me, usually Sunday. Uh, 90% of the time they publish it on Sunday, their online version, and then it's in the paper version that comes out Monday. Uh, sometimes they get it out a little bit earlier. I, I don't know why the editors there choose to make those decisions. Sometimes the article will come out uh, late Friday or Saturday. If you want to follow that Washington Times column, go to the Washington Times website, Washington Times website, and then just go to the opinion section at the menu bar at the top of the page. Uh, in some versions of it, I guess it might be the difference between an iPhone version or something else. I don't understand. Sometimes you'll see in the menu bar, you'll see columns rather than opinions. But go to the menu bar and click on the opinion section. Sometimes it says columns. And then if you just scroll down, it gives you the various opinion writers for the Washington Times. Cal Thomas is there, et cetera, et cetera. And you will see my name in that list of authors, and you can just click on my name, and it'll take you directly to my opinion piece. You can do that for any back issues. Uh, and you can do that if you just want to go directly to the opinion section when you open the Washington Times. Um, if you read 
the Times on the day my article is actually published. It'll be featured on the front page as one of the uh, as one of the columns, one of the op-eds, one of the opinion pieces that's being featured on that given day, that given weekend. So enough of that. All right, let's take a break. And when I get back, I'm going to use this Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill as the context for commentary for the rest of the show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. Like I said, the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill one more time, and I want to wrap a bow around this, tie a bow around this thing, and move on to a different topic after that. So let's use my column from The Washington Times as the context for the rest of the discussion. And if I have time, briefly, I'll respond to this guy's criticism where he disagrees with everything I say in this column. Keep in mind that everything I say from here on out and the rest of the show is from my column. And then I'm going to share with you this disagreement. I've already told you what it is, that he disagrees, that parents should stay out of the schools. Parents have no business, nothing to say in the education of their children in public schools. Because why? Public schools are government schools, he says. Now, you should be able to immediately respond to that vacuous claim and say why he's wrong. If if you haven't figured it out yet, I'll tell you at the end of the show. All right. So the past few weeks, the world's been teetering on the precipice of World War III. As we all know, we've been watching the news. We've seen what's going on in Ukraine. But Joe Biden has chosen to attack a different evil more aggressively than he's attacking that. So what's the scourge that has caught our president's attention as being his top priority? Is it the runaway inflation that's self-inflicted by his policies? Is it the suicidal dismantling of our country's energy independence? Is is that the evil he's going after? Um, Is it the utter confusion Mr. Biden has brought to our nation's southern border and that we've had two million illegal immigrants just rush through the southern border since his inauguration. And they're being dispersed throughout the country, sometimes in the dark of night, secretly, into given communities. I thought COVID was a big deal. I thought we needed to be careful. I thought we needed to quarantine. I thought we needed to isolate. There had to be social distancing. But yet we're letting 2 million undocumented, illegal invaders of our country just be dispersed across the nation in the dark of night secretly? I I don't, I don't get it. So why aren't we confronting that? How about his complete failure in his foreign affairs policies? Complete and utter failure from Afghanistan to Ukraine and elsewhere around the world. And as I've said before, we're not done yet. Our enemies are watching. If you don't think China is watching and right now developing plans to do the same thing to Taiwan that Russia has done to Ukraine, then uh, I've got a bridge to sell you in the Mojave. So were any of these problems addressed with clarity recently? I'm not aware of it. I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't responded or the Democrats haven't tried to spin it, but have you felt that it was clear and courageous and concise and bold? Do you understand where we're going on any of this stuff? Are we going to correct the problems or are we just going to continue to double down on dumb and make them worse. Did any of this stuff rise to the level of Joe Biden's condemnation or a call for correction? No. No. The fact of the matter is no. 
None of this stuff appears to be on the top of our president's list. So what is his greatest concern? Well, you know where I'm going. In my column in the Washington Times, I say this. On February 9th, 2022, Joe Biden tweeted that he considered Florida's parental rights and education bill, excuse me, a law codifying parental authority over how to educate our own children. He considers that to be hateful. That's his language. Quote, hateful, close quote. And following on the heels of Joe Biden's proclamation of hate is White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, declared at a press conference this week with some indignation, almost tearful, that supporters of this bill, you, me, anybody else that supports Florida's parental rights and education bill, are bigots, that's their language, intent on, quote, doing harm, close quote, and the bill is, quote, discriminatory, close quote, and it's a form of bullying, it's horrific, close quote. That's Jen Psaki. Discriminatory, bigotry, bullying, it's horrific. Terrible, terrible bill. And don't miss the clear implication in what Jen Psaki is saying. If you believe in this bill, support this bill, vote for this bill, then you are a bigot. You are doing harm. You are discriminatory. You are a bully. You are horrific. That's what she's saying. She's not just saying the bill is these things. Obviously, the people who believe in it support it and will vote for it and are championing championing it, defending it on radio. We are all terrible human beings, horrific human beings. We're bigots. So that's it. While the world is burning, or at least the Ukraine is, and millions of us are afraid that we won't even be able to drive our gas-guzzling Honda Civics that we've had for 10 years, while we're being told by the likes of Pete Buttigieg and Jen Psaki and Joe Biden and others to just go eat cake and replace those gas-guzzling Honda Civics with $60,000 electric vehicles, while we're being told all this nonsense, our president and his party consider proponents of parental rights, those of us who believe in parental rights, to be the primary enemies of the state. That's what this boils down to. They've elevated those arguing for parental rights. That's, that's what it's about. It's not about sex. kind of is, but it really isn't. It's about parental rights. That's what the bill is titled. They've twisted it and manipulated it into something else. But the bill is defending your right as a parent to raise your child, to teach your child what's right and wrong. And if a school is teaching your five-year-old or your eight-year-old stuff that you disagree with, you have the right to say, no, I don't want them taught that. I'll take care of it myself. I'm their mom. I'm their dad. That's what this bill defends. That's it. And these people are saying, you're a bigot. You're a bully. You're horrific for wanting to protect those rights. You are the enemy of the state. You're a bigger deal than runaway inflation or the war in the Ukraine. Because this is what we will define as horrific in our time. All right. So with that as their argument, I covered it before, but I'm going to cover it one more time. I want you to hear a summary of what's so horrific about this legislation. What has Biden and his progressive puppeteers so up in arms? Here's what the bill 
actually says. And I'm going to quote. This is a direct quote. No school employees or third parties shall give classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Close quote. Who in their right mind would disagree with that statement? What five to eight-year-old, that's how old kids are in those grades, what five to eight-year-old needs any of that? Why should schools be worried about that? Who in their right mind is thinking of doing that to a kid in the first place? And if that's what you think you should be doing with five to eight-year-olds, like Allie Stuckey says, you not only shouldn't be a teacher, but you shouldn't be permitted legally to be within five miles of a school. So this, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. Floridians want to protect little boys and little girls who are five to eight years old from sexual politics and indoctrination. Well, if that position, if that terrible position by the conservatives who crafted this bill, if that doesn't cause your woke blood to boil, it gets worse. They say other very bigoted and horrific things. The authors of this legislation actually believe that parents should have the final say in how to raise their kids. Proof? All school districts are required to adopt procedures that reinforce fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children in a specific manner. Close quote. That's what the bill says. Oh, it goes further with its horrific, bullying ideas. School districts are required to notify parents if there's a change in the student's, his or her, son or daughter, services or monitor, monitoring, excuse me, monitoring, related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. I'll read that one more time. School districts are required to notify parents if there's a change in their kids' services or monitoring related to their health, emotionally, mentally, or physically. Don't you think you should be? Why do they not want to tell you? Here's another one. Schools are prohibited from encouraging a student to withhold information from a parent. So they want your students to withhold information from you. Why? Why? Why Why would they not want the parent to know what's going on with their kid? School districts are required to notify parents of each health care service offered to their student or to offer the parents the option to withhold consent or decline a specific service. There's nothing in this bill that's controversial. It should be. It, it should be controversial anyway. It's only controversial because people have lost their ever-loving minds. Teachers are required to give parents access to a child's education or health records. Terrible thing, isn't it? All schools must get parental permission before administering a well-being questionnaire or any other health screening to a five through eight-year-old student. You just, they've exposed themselves by telling the world they're against you as a parent being informed of this stuff. The bill requires schools to respond to a parent's concerns regarding any of the above within seven days of being notified of those concerns. In other words, the school has seven days to respond. 
In addition, the school must resolve the matter within 30 days. So they've got a month to resolve the issue. Finally, if the school refuses to comply, the parents can then sue the school district or request a special magistrate to mediate a solution. And all of this must be paid by the school district. Seems fair to me, but no, that's, that's horrific, I guess, according to Biden and Saki. So here's the summary. I'm going to give you the summary of the parental rights in education bill. Very, very simple. Here's the summary. The parental rights in education bill is about parental rights. That's the summary. <laughs> okay. It's about parental rights. It's about assuring mothers and fathers that their five to eight-year-old children will be taught the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic and not be proselytized by propagandists hawking their sexual wares. It's about guarding the innocence of children and honoring the rights of parents to teach their kids the moral standards that they, moms and dads, deem best. It's pretty clear and straightforward, isn't it? The parental rights bill is about parental rights. It's about you, you as a mom and dad, having the right to tell your schools, to teach your kids the basics about how to read and how to count, how to write, how to use pronouns properly. That biology is a fact, not a fabrication. Two plus two is four, not five. It's it's about your right to stop teachers, experts, you know, those experts, from proselytizing your kids in a worldview that your kids, by definition, are too young to even understand. What eight-year-old cares about this crap unless somebody is pushing it on them? It's about guarding the innocence of children. What happened to just letting kids be kids? Stop sexualizing them all the time and stop telling parents they don't have any right to say stop. It's about parents having the right to teach your kids how to live morally. The moral standards in your home are your business. Some of you listening to me right now don't share my moral standards on some things. You have the legal right to disagree with me. And you have the legal right to teach your kids why you disagree with me. It's a free country. If you're teaching your kids, for example, that you don't have any problem with, uh, uh, with marijuana use. Well, I do. I'm going to tell my kids not to use it. I don't care whether it's called medicinal or not. Don't use it. I've done my research. I think there are physiological psychological, and I think there are spiritual consequences to the use of marijuana that I don't want to, I, I don't want my kids to be subjected to. Now, if you disagree with that and you're going to teach your kids differently, fine, fine. You do what you want in teaching your kids about that particular moral standard, but you have no right to tell me that somehow, somehow, your efforts as an expert in education to indoctrinate my kids into the wonders of marijuana use, 
that all of that should be hidden from me. And you have no right to tell my, my kids never to tell me about your efforts to do that. You get my point? It's not really about sex. It's about everything else in addition to sex. I don't think you have the right to tell my kids that killing an unborn child is a moral good. I'm going to tell them it's a moral evil. And don't hide the fact from me that you're trying to tear me down, my moral authority down as their father, that you're trying to do that in the public schools. If I want to teach my kid that I think it's best to wait until they're married to have sex, I know it's an old-fashioned idea. Everybody, everybody has sex before they get married today. Well, if I want to keep, teach my kid differently, that's my business. If you're teaching your kids how to use condoms and all that kind of stuff, that's your business. But don't you dare tell my kids that I'm wrong and then try to hide it from me. Because you're the expert. You get my point here? This is all very clear. And by the way, the word gay is not used in the bill. The bill does not ban the word gay from the classroom. That's a lie. It's just a lie. No, it doesn't do that. All this bill does, all this legislation says, is what any decent parent already knows and understands. It says this, leave our eight-year-olds alone and stop confusing them with concepts that they, by definition, are too young to understand. Just teach them their ABCs and stop bringing sexual indoctrination into the classroom. That's what this bill says, pure and simple. And any disagreement with this bill, any disagreement with this bill is madness. We're talking about five and eight-year-olds. How can any thinking adult not see that aiding and abetting a child this young to deny their biological reality and consider surgically or chemically altering their body? How can any thinking adult not see that this type of indoctrination is nothing short of child abuse? Those objecting to this bill are insane. Now, I've got a minute left to respond to my critic who said to this article, parents should have no say in public education. They should have nothing to do with public education and what their kids are being taught. He said that. And then his justification was this. They're government schools. He is taking this argument of separation of church and state that is used to keep religion out of the schools. They're government schools. You can't bring religion into the school. He's using the same failed logic, the lie, to keep parents out of the schools. There's a wall separating parents from the state, parents from the school. That's what he's arguing. And by the way, guess who pays for government schools? You do. I do. They're not government schools. They're our schools. We're the ones who pool our money together to pay for them. This guy who says that you have nothing to, should have nothing to do with them is out of his mind. They're your schools. They're your kids. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. <laughs>